Hello, this is Basil Howard Brown, and welcome to Messages of Revival. I'm so excited to share this word with you right now. I believe it's a timely one and will minister the love of Jesus to you. We are a new creation in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away and all things have become new. God is good. And remember, the joy of the Lord is your strength. God bless. Now the Holy Spirit's come. The Bible says the Holy Spirit will teach you and bring you into all truth. He'll reveal things to you by the Spirit. He'll show you things to come. He'll take the Word of God and make it alive to you. There are certain things that we receive. When we receive the Holy Spirit, there are certain things we receive. You know, growing up in Pentecost, basically the Holy Spirit was, was depicted as a language. And if you spoke in other tongues, then you had it. I mean, people call the Holy Spirit an it. He's not an it, he's a person. If you have a son or a daughter, you don't go to your wife and say, Honey, where is it? Oh, it's out in the backyard. Could you tell it to come in, please? I need to speak to it. Well, you don't, you don't you know, talk about a person calling it an it. He's a person. Why do we refer to the Holy Spirit as an it? He's the Spirit of the living God, the third person of the Godhead. Why do we refer to, refer to him as an it? He's not an it, he's a person. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Now, one of the things we receive when we receive the, 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 the Holy Spirit is we receive power. Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says, but you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. You receive power. You receive the anointing. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, it's not a language. That is really the evidence of being filled with the Holy Spirit. In some cases, it's just the language of the Spirit. Because I've seen people speak in other tongues, but I can tell you something now, they're not filled with the Spirit. They're not. Just because we speak in other tongues does not mean to say we fill. In Acts chapter 2, verse 4 says, they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and then they began to speak with other tongues. We get people speaking in other tongues, and we don't get them filled. Basically, what you should do is this. If somebody says, well, I want to speak in other tongues, just come down, filled. All right, go ahead now. Because <laughs> that's what happened on the day of Pentecost. They were first filled, and then they spoke. We have these tongue-talking classes, you know, in the church today. Well, you don't speak in other tongues, come to the tongue-talking class, we'll teach you. <laughs> oh, I just say whatever comes to your mind. Oh, yeah, you got it, bless God, you fill the Holy Ghost, you speak in other tongues, all right, next. So when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, when we receive the Holy Spirit, we receive power. There's something about the power or the anointing of God that changes, changes our life forever. When the power of God comes upon you, there's a boldness that comes upon you. Because, because the boldness is there because suddenly it's not me, it's the Holy Spirit that's doing the work. It's not me. I'm not the one doing the work. When I get the revelation that it's not me that's doing the work, when I know that I know that it's not me doing the work, I'm telling you now, it changes my life. Because suddenly the pressure's not on me. 
I'm not pressurized to make it happen. <laughs> I tell you what, the best thing that could have ever happened to us was, the, was this revival. For me anyway, it's taken the pressure off me. It's all on God. I just got to learn to be obedient, do what He says, apply the word to my life, and He takes care of the rest. He gets the hard part. I get the easy one. <laughs> Amen. So the Holy Spirit causes you to act regardless of fear. Other people say, well, you know what? He said, I, I mean, I'm just a very timid kind of a person. Yeah, but you get full of the Holy Ghost, you get such a boldness on the inside of you, you won't be timid anymore. Amen. People say, oh, I, can't, I could never talk to anybody one-on-one. Oh, yeah, when you get full of the Holy Ghost, you will. You'll speak to people one-on-three. You'll speak to them one-on-ten. Why? Because there's a boldness on the inside of you. There's a boldness on the inside of you. The Holy Spirit causes faith to rise up on the inside of you. Causes boldness to rise up and causes faith to rise up. If you've got fear, you've got no faith. And if you've got faith, you've got no fear. Because the two of them don't go together. You can't mix fear and faith together. Acts chapter 26, I mean, sorry, Matthew chapter 26, verse 69 says, Now Peter sat without in the palace, and a damsel came unto him, saying, Thou art also with, uh, with Jesus, of Galilee, and but he denied before them all, saying, I know not what thou sayest. When he was gone out into the porch, another maid saw him, and they said unto him, They were there. This fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth, and again he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. And after a while came unto him they that stood by and said to Peter, Surely thou also art with them. For thy speech betrayeth thee. In other words, the way he speaks, you know, let them know that he'd been with Jesus. And he began to curse and swear. Wow. He began to curse and swear, saying, I know not the man. And immediately the cock crew, and Peter remembered the words which Jesus said unto him before the cock crew, or cock crow, thou shalt deny me thrice. And he went out and wept bitterly. Listen to this carefully. Yes, a man who, who lived with Jesus lived with Jesus, saw miracles, walked on the water, fed the 5,000 with Jesus, fed the 4,000, saw devils coming out, saw water being turned into wine. I mean, all these supernatural miracles happening. Yet, when the pressure was on him, he still denied Jesus three times. Why? Because he was lacking one thing. He was lacking something. There was something that Jesus had upon his life that the disciples did not have. Let's go back to the book of Acts chapter 4. It said that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men. And they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, this is a different Peter. Before the day of Pentecost, he denied Jesus three times. After being with Jesus all the time, he denied Jesus three times. Then on the day of Pentecost, the anointing of God fell. The Holy Spirit came and anointed them with fire. And the power of the Holy Ghost fell upon them. And suddenly now there's a boldness on the inside of him. 
Now they're looking at Peter and saying, my, he's been with Jesus, this man. Look at the boldness that he has. Where did that boldness come from? The Holy Spirit, the power of God, the anointing of God. When Peter became full of the Holy Ghost and with the power of the Holy Spirit, there was a, there was a boldness that came upon his life. We want to be effective for God, but we, you know, without the touch of God upon our life, without that anointing, I'm, I'm telling you now, we're not going to get it done. We're not going to get the job of work done that needs to be done because here's the thing. The moment you start to do what God's Word says, people are going to come up and get in your face. But you have to have the Holy Ghost on the inside of you and the boldness and the knowledge that you know that you know that you know. This, this Word works and God called me to do this and I'm going to do it regardless of what people say and do. And you can't do that without the Holy Spirit. I can tell you something now. We could not go through what we go through as ministers in this revival if it wasn't for the anointing and the power of God and the Holy Spirit. We couldn't do it. We couldn't do it. This, this, this persecution that comes. I've had people say, well, could, well what, what about, you know, we want to believe God for a double portion of your anointing. I said, look, you can have a double portion of my anointing. You're welcome to it. I mean, if you want it, take it. But, but realize something that comes with the double portion of the anointing comes a double portion of the persecution too. That's probably the hardest thing to handle. It's the persecution. And, it's, and yes, the thing, the persecution is not from the world. The persecution is from the church. It's the ones that you hug are the ones that are going to persecute you when you get on fire for God. That's why you have to be careful who you hug when you're on fire for God. Because <laughs> while you're hugging them, they're sticking a knife in your back, you know. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. So there's a boldness come when it comes when you receive the power of God upon your life. We need that boldness to proclaim the word of God. Amen. Matthew chapter 3, verse 11. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive fire. We receive fire. Verse 11 says, I indeed baptize you under, with water under repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. Ooh, glory. Fire. Fire of the Holy Ghost. When you have a baptism of fire, you'll never be the same again. This is what happened on the day of Pentecost. The fire of God fell. There's something about the fire of God. It's an all-consuming fire. And I tell you what, you have to be touched by the fire. Getting drunk in the Holy Ghost, you know, yes, the thing with being drunk in the Holy Spirit is it's being filled with the Spirit, but you can run dry. You've got to have something on the inside of you to keep that hunger and that thirst alive and you just keep on pressing in so you can keep on drinking, so you can keep on being filled. Joy comes and joy goes. You have to maintain that joy. You've got to keep that joy. You've got to work at that joy. There's sometimes where you don't feel like being joy. But then you force it out of your belly because it's in there. Ha, 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 ho, 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 he, 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 he. If you try that long enough, it happens. Joy bubbles out your belly. But there's something about the fire of God. First of all, the fire of God burns all the garbage out of your life. 
I've seen farmers in winter burn their lands. Looks terrible, black, terrible. But come around summer, you go past those same lands. That land is beautiful, green, green, green. In actual fact, you can see exactly where the fire burnt, and the other land looks just not so green. But this particular piece of land is beautiful. And yes, what the farmer did, there was some, there was good grass, or grass, as you people call it. There was good grass on that land. But there was also weeds and shrubs and bushes that were choking up the good grass. So what he did is he burnt the whole field. He burnt everything that was bad in it, and he burnt everything that was good in it. And because the good was still there, the good came up. Gooder than what it was before. Don't know if there's a word gooder, but there is now. That's what God does with us. When the fire of God falls upon, he said, become a living sacrifice. Well, if I'm up on the altar, I'm a living sacrifice. When the fire of God falls, something's going to happen. All the bad that's in me is going to get burnt out, and all the good that's in me is going to get burnt too. But the good that's in me will become? No. Gooder. You got it, sir. Gooder. Amen. The good will be gooder. G-O-O-D-A, gooder. I'll not lose that good that God has in me, but it will become better. <laughs> That's why the fire of God is so important. And here's the thing, when the fire of God falls on you, it's a consuming fire. It's almost like a driving force on the inside of you. Well, you just cannot get enough. You've got to get more. I mean, it's just there all the time. It's there all the time. I've watched people that have come in and got drunk and got full of joy, but never had a touch of fire of God upon their life, never received a touch of fire. And really, they don't stay there. They don't stay there. That's why I believe the fire of the Holy Ghost fell on the day of Pentecost. The wind of the Spirit began to blow. The fire of God began to fall. And they got it all drunk. They didn't get drunk and speak in other tongues and then, then maybe got filled and somehow the fire fell upon them. No. The fire of God brings life to your spirit man and life to your physical man, your physical being. Changes our life, changes our mind. The fire of God changes our mind. You've got to understand that there are people out there that are, that are dealing with issues that are deeply rooted in their heart and in their mind that only a fire is going to get, take care of it. Only being in the presence of God is going to set them free. Hmm. I mean, I feel the fire here right now. I feel the fire of the Holy Ghost here right now. This feels like a slow roasting Holy Ghost oven. Acts chapter 6, verse 8. So we receive, when we receive the Holy Spirit who's our best friend, we receive the power or the anointing which causes us to have a boldness. We receive the, when we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive fire which is a, is a purging, is a clean, cleansing on the inside of us. Verse, verse 8 of chapter 6 says, And Stephen, being full of faith and power, did great wonders and miracles among the people. Over to chapter 10, Verse 38, 
says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. The book of Luke, chapter 24, verse 49, says that Jesus said, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endured with power from on high. When we receive the Holy Ghost, we receive revival. We receive revival. When the disciples were touched by the fire of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost, there went out great signs, wonders, and miracles began to happen. When Jesus was baptized and he received the, 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 the Holy Spirit on the inside of him, signs, wonders, and miracles began to happen. Jesus said, the same works that I do shall you do also, and greater works. I figured to myself, look, if, if he needed to be anointed to do the works, how much more do we need the anointing to do the works that he did, let alone the greater works? If you don't know Jesus and need to rededicate your life right now, pray this prayer with me. Father, I come to you in Jesus' name. I confess right now that Jesus... You are my Lord and my Savior. Come into my heart. Take out the hardened heart and give me a heart of flesh. Change me, Lord. Let me never be the same again. I repent and turn from my ways. I make you Lord of my life right now. Use me, Lord, in these days we are in. I'm ready for your coming and always will be. I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul and setting me free. Amen. Now, if you pray this prayer, I would love to hear from you. So please email me at revivalpodcasthb at gmail.com. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Messages of Revival podcast. For more, subscribe to Messages of Revival podcast on Anchor, Google Podcast, and iTunes. And share this podcast with somebody that needs to be uplifted and blessed. God bless you.